Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So I want to know one thing. I thought you were retired. What's this <laughs> like getting in the gym again? Are we, are we seeing a comeback? Still retired, buddy. No contract signed. So... <laughs> I, uh, man, I, st- I mean, I still have the itch. I love competing. I love uh, training and fighting. It's just, in all honesty, the reason why I left was it just wasn't worth putting my body through what I was making. You know, I could make that money or more doing stuff in the outdoor world and not having to get punched in the face. <laughs> you know, if I've been telling people this, like I'm training, I've been staying in shape because I love it. But if, if a big contract came up or the money was right, I would probably do it. Um, it's just got to make sense. You know, I got so many things going on. We launched American Almond Beef, my beef company. We have the providers. So we have the rubs and the cookbook. We, we launched the rubs already working on the cookbook, uh, fins and feathers, doing all the celebrity uh, guided trips all over. Um, just bought into a sunglass company. Um, Breakline optics. So I got so many things going on right now that 
I don't need to fight, but like I said, I do still have the love for it. And if it, if it made sense, I would probably get back in there. Well, just as an introduction to everyone, since we just jumped in, uh, Chad Mendez, welcome to the Blood Origins okay. podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are not unfamiliar with Blood Origins territory because for those of you that have uh, not watched all of the Blood Origins stuff, Chad Mendez is a member of the Blood Origins family. Yep. Yeah, we got to to do a cool duck hunt and film some really cool footage and some pretty intense interviews, and it was good times for sure. You know that you still owe me someone, right? I do. Yeah, in terms of the family, right? You're the one. You're the one who's going to tell me who's next. I, I know who would be great on the show is Clay Guida, who is now one of my business partners in the Fins and Feathers. Yeah, oh, really Guida cool. would be amazing. Oh, that would be perfect. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. We'll let's, get that let's set, set that up. We'll get that set up. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, he would love to do that. I know you mentioned Max in the beginning, but Max is, you know, superstar and doesn't yeah. really want to talk about hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, can't. That's the, that's the crappy part. There's just too many people out there that obviously don't understand it, and especially in his line of work. So that's what I want to talk about, because look, you came from a world full of celebrities and I've granted you're a celebrity. You're famous. A lot of people know you. You have what? 900,000 followers on Instagram, something like that. Crazy, right? Not quite that much, but yeah, we're, we're getting up there. Just pretty freaking cool. <laughs> Been working yeah, on that for a long time. But what time. I'm saying is you're, you're the kind of guy that has decided I'm putting myself out there and telling everyone I'm a hunter. Your audience is not all hunters. Mm -hmm. They're made up of non-hunters, maybe even some anti-hunters, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, it's, it's the world we live in right now. It's such a, it's such a kind of a, crappy world we're living in when it comes to that type of stuff I and mean, we've gotten so disconnected from what our food is and where it comes from that we don't even see a lot of people don't even see a face to any type of meat that they go pick up at the grocery store they don't understand what that takes to go in there grab something in that plastic container walk out and go home and throw it on the barbecue you know it's we've just been so repetitive with doing that for so many years that we've completely forgotten about it and so the fact that there are people like me and a lot of these other guys that still go out there and hunt down our food and kill it with weapons or our hands or whatever it may be and take that meat home and put it in our freezers there's people in this world that just cannot wrap their minds around why we would ever do that and I get this, you would be completely surprised at how many times I get DM'd or people leave this exact same comment in, in my comments on, on a hunting post. Why don't you just go to the store and buy your meat like everybody else and stop killing these animals? And my mind just blows every single time I read that. And I'm just like, how? How can you be that stupid to, to even think that? Um, and that's the world we live in, though. And that's what sucks for a lot of these guys that are in the limelight, um, I have 
many buddies that absolutely love going out and harvesting their their own meat you know they go out they hunt you know they love the thrill of the hunt they love being in the outdoors they love putting their skill set they practice all year long to the test you know going out in these animals backyards where they're masters of the terrain they can smell way better than us they can see way better than us they can hear way better than us and yep putting ourselves to the test to go out there and try and kill one so that we can live off of it and not have to go to the store and buy this stuff. And there's tons of my buddies that are in the limelight that do this and just cannot handle the kickback, the negative kickback kickback that they get from their profession. Um, You know, I have buddies that are in the acting world that are seriously scared that they'll just get cut and fired, which is very true. There's been people that that's happened you know, and it's like, yeah. it's such a, um, it's such a bummer, man. It's, it sucks that there's even things like that that go on, you know, and, and I try to explain to all my followers the best that I can. Every single time I post something hunting, I try to either explain and let people know that this isn't just a hobby, you know, do I love doing it? Of course. It's not the death. It's not murdering it's not the killing right. that i'm like bloodthirsty for right. like i said it's sure. i'm practicing my skill sets year-round these animals have all the advantage in the world outside of you know your longer range rifles and stuff like that but i'm meant to go out there and kill this it's the whole point of me going out there i want to kill the animal that i'm hunting so that i can put it in my freezer and live off of it so you know that's the point of us doing it now like i said do i enjoy it of course i love going out there I love being in the outdoors. I love disconnecting from all the craziness that I go through on the daily with the different businesses I'm, I'm working with now, uh, running all the fight stuff when I was fighting, all the media, all the interviews, you know, all the weight cutting, all the, the cameras in your face at all the time. So for me, that was a great disconnect and it still is. It's a way for me to recharge my batteries. I go out in mother nature and I can be there, watch a sun sunrise, watch a sunset. You know, feel that cool breeze in my face instead of being stuck in an office all day long, you know. And, you know, these are all things that I absolutely love about the outdoors and hunting. Um, But like I said, the most valuable part to it for me is knowing that I can walk out in my freezers at any time and have meat from a handful of different animals that I've gone out and harvested throughout the year and not rely on being stuck and having to go to the store. Because we all saw last year when COVID hit, what kind of panic right. there was when, when the meat source was starting to get scarce, you know? Mm-hmm. You know how many people we had hit us up oh, that I'm had sure. never hunted before? Like, hey, I realize now, like, I just bought my first weapon, and I've been practicing with it, and I want to go out and learn how to hunt, and which was phenomenal for us. You know, a business was great. I, you know, it was, a, it was a crappy time. It was a very, uh, very depressing time, but we, we found a positive in it. And being able to take these people that have never never done it before and have followed me and seen me and Rogan and Cam and all these guys that are and going out and doing this, and they're like, holy crap, I used to talk talk crap about you guys, but now I realize I can't rely on these stores to always have my food because there could be a right. time when there isn't food there anymore. Then what? You know, and, and so it was awesome taking those types of people out last year and even beginning of this year. And teaching them what it takes to go out and hunt, you know, teaching them the skill set, and then seeing awesome. 
the joy once they harvested their animal and how emotional it made them, you know, because like I said, killing anything is never an easy feat. Like it, it tugs on my heartstrings every single time I take an animal's life. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure that that was what these guys were going through, but you could see how emotional they got both, mm-hmm. you know, being sad, I think for taking an animal's life for the first time, but also being excited that they are now basically able to provide for themselves and for their family. If, if anything ever. Yeah. Happened. So, and it was, it was an awesome. Skill, right? They've got the skills now to, yeah. it's almost like self-sufficientness that is, uh, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, it's just this intrinsic thing that is, wow, I can do this, right? I, if, if push comes to shove and we lost electricity or a pandemic, gosh, the fact that we needed a pandemic for people to just, as you said, become connected again to what this thing is, maybe that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the statistics last year, I think um, first-time gun owners were through the roof and first-time hunters like hunting license purchasing was through the roof. I th- if I remember right, it was like one of the highest, if not the highest in any one single year. I'd have to go back yeah. and do a little research. Don't quote me on that. But I remember hearing something like that. But yeah, turkey guess- hunters in Wisconsin up 46%. 46, yeah, see, that's crazy. Crazy. You're right. It's like, it's crazy that it took a pandemic for us as as a community, as a civilization to realize like what it takes to be a provider, like what we need to do and what it, what it takes to step away from just walking in the grocery store and hoping that the, the meat or food that you want to eat is sitting right there for you packaged nice and neatly for you mm-hmm. to take home. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But. It's a pity that, you know, I've, I've got this, this dream and this dream is having, I, you know, I always say, where are our celebrities when the anti-hunting crowd gets going damn it they've got some monster celebrities behind them right they just you know push on their instagram accounts that have millions and millions of followers um and i'm like damn it where are ours you know and i get the fact that one guy standing up and saying i'm a hunter and i can appreciate someone's career right obviously you can i can this is your livelihood but if if we could get 50 or a hundred, the James Hetfields of the world, the Kid Rocks of the world, the actors of the world, the Pratts of the world, the Rogan of the world, everyone just at one time, we coordinate something that is just like a hundred of them coming out and going, you know what? I'm a hunter. Dude, there's no canceling a hundred people. No, here, here's the only downfall to doing something like this. And the reason why, in my opinion, we don't see this happen. It's because you look at both sides. You got the anti-hunting versus pro-hunting. When do you ever see the pro-hunting people ruining people's lives? You got animal rights activists and anti-hunters that are willing to drive semi-trucks through people's houses. and you know, doing crazy, extreme things like this. And you you don't see it on the other side. And I think that craziness that that anti-hunting side has and has the potential of of creating scares the crap out of everybody else. So it's like, I'd rather just be quiet 
and not have these psychopaths beating down my door. You know what I mean? This is just my thought and the reason well, why. I get it. I, I get it. But shit, what if we lost it, man? What if we lost it, Chad? You know, th that's always what comes, what I come back to is, you know, I came from South Africa in which there's no public land. There's no opportunity for me to hunt. You'd have to know someone who had a farm that had wildlife on the farm and you'd have to go hunt it. But this, it's, there's no place like America, my friend. There is no place like America in the world. And if we lost it, it's almost like, it, yeah, I, I get the whole, and, and, and I've had this conversation, and, I'll, and I won't say the person's name. I've had this conversation with a very, very big celebrity. I actually didn't speak with him. I'll, I'll take that back. <laughs> I, talk with, I talked with his chief operating officer, and this is what he told me. He said, Robbie, this person would absolutely do blood origins. He'd, he'd do it. But from my perspective, there is no upside for him doing it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he says, but he's at this point in his career where he's made a shit ton of money. He shouldn't be bothered about getting canceled. Mm -hmm. But he would, but there's no upside to him. And I said to this person, I'm not going to say his name. I said, I get it. I absolutely get it. But there is a monstrous upside to the hunting community. And all the kids and whatnot that follow him, you know, and it's like, wow, he hunts. Hey, that sounds cool. Yeah. Maybe we should hunt. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It's, 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 I, it's a big It's a big thing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, it, and that's honestly why I just said, screw it. And I've just taken this lifestyle on headfirst and, I'm not afraid to show any part of it. I mean, I've created videos on my YouTube where I show you how to gut a deer and an, another video that shows you how to break it down properly, like quarter it out and break it down if you were going to hike it out. Both got removed from YouTube, you know, and it's like, but I don't care. Like when I first started posting anything hunting in the beginning of my UFC career, I had managers and people telling me like, Hey, you should probably be careful with this stuff, you know? And so I was for the first few years. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is me. Like, screw that. Like, I'm not going to, what do I have to worry about? I mean, I'm not going to get kicked out of the UFC for it. I'm not worried about losing my job. I'm basically what the only thing is, is negative fan base uh, mm -hmm. you know, interaction. But here's the thing. I know there's a ton of people that, love hunting they understand what hunting means and the reason why we do it so i said that's i would rather have two followers than 14 million that hate hunting you know and so i said screw it i ended up just posting anything and everything i did hunting showing all my cooking videos of the wild game meats and started filming my hunts and doing all that stuff on my youtube and it's like i feel like it's really taken off and i i also feel like I mean, there's still the people that no matter what you show them or tell them, they're just idiots and they're never going to understand. Those are typically the people I just block because it's not even worth talking to them. But there's a lot of times where someone doesn't understand it. They think it's a, they always call it a hobby. Like this is a horrible hobby. And I explain to them like, look, this isn't a hobby. This is my lifestyle. This is how I choose to get my meat. You know, if, if I, I would rather not ever have to rely on going to the grocery store. And I'm not saying I, I never do, like I will. Obviously, I'm not always going to have everything I need. Um, and also, we started this beef company. To me, it's the next best thing for wild game. 
and the reason why we started, and we can go into that later. But basically, you know, I I want to teach these people that I'm not just going out there killing the animal, taking a picture, and then walking away and going and trying to find something else to kill. Like I put a ton of effort, time, and my money, hard-earned money, into this hunt so that I could go out there, kill this animal, and now look at all this amazing meat that I have. And I love showing all that part of it and then showing a bunch of the recipes so that it shows these people and teaches them like this, this isn't a hobby. This is my lifestyle. This is the meat that me and my family and all my friends are eating. Look, we're grilling this stuff here. Like this is a cool recipe that I've created or I've seen somebody else make, like check this out. And I love spreading that part of it. Um, and I think with that stuff being shown and explained, those people that originally just thought it was murder and they're not understanding the reason why we hunt, they start understanding. And I think being right. an influence, being somebody in the limelight, I feel like that is my job. And I think that's all of ours, our job in that limelight to show these people and to show, to show them what hunting is and why we do it. It's not, you know, a bunch of hillbilly rednecks around shooting. Well, I think you've actually got a, I think you've actually got a bigger weight to bear, actually, Chad, um, in that because you've got so many eyeballs on you, because you touch so many people, it's almost a greater imperative that you provide context, that you provide the why, that you provide all the things behind the consequence of hunting, right? Not just the action of a hunt, but the consequence of it. No, I agree 100%. And I think that's the stuff that will inform and teach people that really don't understand it. And so they feel hate towards it, you know, and, and teaching those people what it is all about and hopefully opening their minds to it and understanding what it means to all of us and the reasons why we do it. So, yeah, you're right. I think that's, that's definitely our job. It's what we need to do. Yeah. It's, um, you know, one of the things that's happened to us in the last week or so, not happened to us, not blood origins, but what we've, well, we've been dragged into, which I like getting dragged into things, is there's a an ad going around uh, that gets placed on these huge accounts, Chad, like it was on a 6.4 million account, a 3.4 million account, a 1.2 million account, and it's a 24-hour ad that's a scam that's selling t-shirts to ban hunting. No and they way. put up a bunch of crazy trophy hunting pro projects, uh, photos, sorry, not projects. And um, when we go onto that page, just like you, when you touch all your audience, I, I feel it's imperative that I go on that page. And the reason why is the eyeballs that are about to see my comment are astronomical in comparison to my eyeballs that I get on my account. Mm -hmm. So we get on there and I just lay out the facts. We're not, we're not disrespectful. We're not mad. We're not frustrated. We're not angry. We just hear the facts. Here's why I get it. I get you hate hunting. I get it. But let me explain the facts behind what hunting does specifically in Africa. Then what we do is we then post it on our Instagram story and we say to our followers, you go comment, but be respectful. So that there's this new, again, what we're trying to do, especially with Blood Origins, is this new narrative, right? This new way of people interacting with hunters that we're not just, we're not like them. We're not like the anti-hunters that say, oh, you MFR, you psychopath. 
No logic. Or just level-headed. Yeah. Mm. So that's what, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. And you deal with it obviously every day with your, with your huge platform. So I appreciate you providing the context that you do and, and how you do it. Of course, man. I love it. It's, um, you know, it's a huge passion of mine. It's, you know, a couple weekends ago, this is one of the main reasons why we even started Pins and Feathers, but I took a family out and there was four young kids and we took them up on a wild boar hunt. And it was one of, if not the coolest Pins and Feathers trip we've ever done, being able to take all these teenager kids um, out and and teaching them the skill sets to be a provider, to know how to go out and fill their freezers. You know, if, if something ever happened and they absolutely needed it, now they know. Or whether they choose just to go hunt their own meat instead of going to the grocery store and relying on it, now you have the skill set. So it was so cool to me to be a part of those young kids' lives and being in that moment in the field with them and teaching them and kind of showing them the ropes and having some awesome times, creating some great memories. So for me, it's like um, just being able to be a part of the the kid side of it. And I want to do more of these types of hunts um, because, man, that next generation is dwindling big time as far as that the hunting in the outdoor world goes. And we cannot let that happen. You know, this is something that obviously is very important to all of us. Um, but it's definitely something that we need to keep the right information flowing um, we need to keep teaching the right things um, and keep passing that love for the outdoors down where, like you said, it's going to disappear eventually. Did you, did the dads go along on the trip? The the mom and the dad. Yep. So and this is what's super cool oh, about awesome. is th- this family. And I'm like so envious of this. family. this is how I want my family to be growing up. So all brothers and sisters, and then they brought one friend with them, but they go as as a family every year on multiple hunting trips. So like say someone's graduating or they have a birthday or something, they'll book these trips like this and they'll go as a family and everybody hunts together. And then, you know, they have like a big plan, like the pit, all the four pigs that they killed on that trip, they had something planned before as far as the, the meat goes. They're like, yeah, if we all, if we all get one, our plan is we're going to do a big family sausage grind, make a bunch of really good sausages out of all these wild pigs. And it's like, this is all something they do together as a family. And it's like, man, you do not hear that anymore this day and age. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's so rare. That probably happened all the time back in the day. And it's, it's just faded away. It's slipped away. It's not part of our culture anymore. And I, I want to bring that back. I was looking at these, these right. guys in this family and I'm like, man, this is so cool. Like, seeing the love that you guys have for each other and for the outdoors and knowing you know what it takes to be a provider is man that's just something i look up to and i want my family to be the same way so it was pretty cool abby did abby grow up a hunter she didn't her dad uh she's from missouri so she you know was around whitetail hunting her whole life turkey hunting yeah but uh she didn't start hunting until we got together i took her on her very first hunt it was a turkey hunt and uh she she killed a four or five bearded turkey her first hunt i'm like you might as well just quit now you're probably never going to get one like that (laughs) she her second animal was a turkey a big tom she arrowed with her bow she wanted to get a bow kill um and then she got a nice nice wild boar as well so um you know both of the turkeys were thanksgiving turkeys uh two years apart and then the wild boar um you guys can watch the videos on my youtube we 
the ranch had a bunch of wild mulberry trees. So we handpicked after the kill, picked a bunch of mulberries and I smoked the the back the back straps and we did like a big mulberry reduction from from the mulberries oh, off sweet. the ranch. It was just awesome, man. It was super like a filled to fork and very um I think therapeutic for her knowing because she even told me like I don't think I could ever hunt when we first got together and then slowly getting her into it and then seeing how important it is to bring it from field to fork and knowing how healthy that meat is and how, um, you know, connected you are to that meal. I, I think once she had that in front of her, she was like, this is pretty awesome. So, um, no, it was pretty cool to be a part of all three of those, those hunts. So hopefully she, and the youngest one, the youngest one is, is she talking yet? Oh yeah. Tallulah. We call her Lula. She, she can probably recite, I don't know. I would, I would imagine at least 15 different, 20 different animal sounds. She can oh, tell the awesome. hen turkey and the tom turkey. She knows what an elk bugle is. Like, I love it, man. She's going to be my little hunting buddy, I think, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my two boys, nine and seven, I'm very, very particular about every time we sit down to eat and if we're eating something that I've killed, I'll ask the boys, what are you eating? And they'll say, uh, pig. Mm. I'll say, well, yeah, wild pig. And then I'll say, okay, well, how did that pig end up on your plate? And they're like, you killed it, dad. And I said, that's right. I killed it. So them just understanding exactly that connection, right, between this is where meat comes from. Yep. And uh, I'll, I'll do a side story quickly as we finish up here. I was trying to convince my, my wife that I needed another... Um, I was trying to convince my, my wife that she, I needed another gun. And so we went out to dinner and my two boys were there and they were, the oldest one was, I think, six at the time. The youngest was four. And I said to her, look, we're going to, I think we need to buy this pistol. It's a two, two. It's be perfect for you, Lisa. Be perfect for you. And the little, the six-year-old just turns to her, no prompting from me, goes, mom, you don't have a guns? And Lisa's <laughs> like, no, I don't, you know, I don't need one. And without wasting a, a minute he said well how are we supposed to eat if you don't have a gun <laughs> i love it <laughs> yes and i was like yeah. yeah i think i'm doing something right yeah that's awesome <laughs> yep no, well look but... my friend you have any any last words on your heart uh, i know you're a very busy man i appreciate the time that you've afforded us um and i just want to thank you again from from our perspective the the amount of people you touch on a daily basis. And I guess I'd just continue to challenge you to just remember that and the forefront of your brain that you're touching so many people, so many people are watching you, that the in context of what you do and why you do it and the consequence of your actions are, is just paramount. For sure, man. Well, thank you guys for having me on. And it's always, always awesome talking with you and getting to dive deep into these, all these situations in our, in our world. So uh, thanks for having me on. And, um, not sure when this will air, but I'm headed to Utah tomorrow. We got the Mountain Ops Elk Summit up there. I'll be grilling some of my beef and have some of my rubs. So if this is aired before that and you guys get this, come on by, say what's up. But if not, we'll talk, we'll talk later, man. All right, brother. Thanks. All right. Take care, guys. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.